0: Hello, hello. Welcome to future first softball second. I'm Quincy, your podcast host and owner of Diamond Dynamics Softball. I am a former D1, D2, and D3 college coach, education and athletic administration major, and D2 pitcher. Our goal at Diamond Dynamics is to support families and athletes with college planning as they work to truly find their best fit athletically, academically, financially, and emotionally at the next level. We've worked with hundreds of families across the country through our individual group and team programming, and I'm so happy you're a part of our community too. Check out the show notes for ways to connect with us and learn from us, and I'd love to hear from you if you have any questions after listening to this episode. It's my favorite time of year as our athletes start to hit the field with their high school teams and see all of their hard work pay off. And of course, this means the summer recruiting cycle is just around the corner. I want to take some time today and talk about communicating with college coaches. I know it's something that athletes and parents get an overload of information on, but it's super important to be sure that you're doing it correctly to increase your chances of actually being recruited by that coach. Your first impression with a college coach sometimes makes or breaks your experience with that college coach. And I know that sounds super stressful, but I try and tell our athletes to think about it in a way where you're looking at it as preparing for your future. Whether it's meeting with a professor, whether it's going on your first you know, adult interview after college, things like that, learning to communicate with someone older than you, someone in power as I put that in air quotes, you know, things like that are really going to prepare you guys long term. It feels so awkward right now, because for a lot of you, it's the first time you're ever doing it. So I want to share some do's, some don'ts, some ideas, just hopefully some things that are going to make you a little bit less Stressed and a little bit less anxiety ridden about the whole process of communicating with coaches. The most common myth I hear is that families don't need to think about recruiting and communicating with college coaches until they can officially talk to them. And in reality, Division three and junior college coaches actually don't have any communication rules. D2 coaches can communicate with you starting June 15th of your sophomore year. And D1 coaches can communicate with you starting September 1st of your junior year. My question to these families is always, if a coach doesn't know you exist, how are they going to recruit you? So if they don't know you exist, how are they going to send you an email when communication opens up? How are they going to get you on their schedule to watch you play to really decide if they want to communicate with you when they can? So what does communication look like if a coach can't communicate back yet? This is for those 2025s and younger right now, so if you're a 2024 communication is opened up for you with all divisions already. So technically the coach is allowed to respond to your email, but all they can do is provide information on the school that's available to everyone, invite you to a camp and give a link to their recruiting questionnaire. Most programs will always send an invite to camps and link to their questionnaire, this can mean that they're interested in getting to know you more but they send these emails to pretty much everyone who reaches out. So it's not something to look too much into yet. So if you can't talk to coaches yet, how do you know they're interested in you? And the unfortunate thing is most of the time you really don't, which is what makes recruiting so hard sometimes. Once in a while, a coach will say something about you to your travel ball coach, even though technically they're not supposed per NCAA rules before those communication dates open up. Or you might get a like on a tweet or something like that, but that's really about it. If you're at a camp and they spend some extra time with you, it can mean they're interested in seeing you play more, or it might just mean they like you as a person and enjoy working with you. And it's literally infuriating, right? So what does this mean for you and your family? And it makes it that much more important to figure out what you want. And no, I don't mean, well, I know I want to play in the SEC what do you actually want out of your college experience that's realistic for you? And this is how you start to narrow down schools to pursue since you don't really know who is pursuing you quite yet. Just because coaches aren't really communicating with you doesn't mean that we don't want to communicate with them. For them to know who you are, want to see you play, get to know you more, and recruit you when they can, you need to be the one leading the conversation, which is one of the most awkward things to do. One of my athletes described it as talking to a wall, and she was so frustrated. I was like, there is a person on the other side of the computer, I promise. She just can't talk back yet, or he just can't talk back yet. So the best way to communicate with coaches is going to be email, which I know isn't nearly as fun as Instagram and TikTok for you guys. But email is the most consistent way. It's the easiest way. And most coaches are actually going through their email inboxes, whereas Instagram, Twitter, things like that, they're not always checking those notifications. So just to kind of throw that out there as well. So some of the biggest mistakes I see athletes making when it comes to email and communication in general. So number one, sending emails without video. Coaches are receiving hundreds, if not thousands of emails a day. How are they going to know if they want to recruit you just based on words on a page? They need to see you in action. Think about the previews when you go to the movie theater. You're there watching, but maybe you're scrolling on your phone, you're talking to the friend next to you, whatever it is, until one of them catches your eye. And maybe it's a rom-com with Ashton Kutcher or the next Marvel movie that you're really excited to see. And suddenly it's caught your attention and you put your phone down, you stop talking to your friend, whatever it is you're probably much more likely to go see that movie when that preview caught your eye. And your video does just that when you send it to a college coach. It really helps coaches decide whether they want to spend their time to come watch you play or not. And a coach will rarely offer a player solely on video alone, but it will greatly increase the chances of them coming to see you play live. If you send your video and it gives that coach something like, oh, I like that she has really fast hands when she swings. I like the way she moves defensively. I really like the way her curveball breaks. If they see something that's going to catch their eye, they're much more likely to come see you play in person versus the kid that just sends the email with the words on the page. They don't really know anything about you past what you tell them to be able to decide if they want to come see you play or not. So number two, adding too much fluff to your emails. So there's a really fine balance between giving a coach the information they need to recruit you and the important information getting lost in a seven paragraph long email as a college coach i received an email with an entire paragraph of an athlete detailing their prom weekend down to where they went to dinner and how her pictures turned out before she got to the athletic and academic stuff another email i received had an athlete detailing a volunteer trip for an Entire paragraph at the beginning of her email. Are these things to mention in your email of what you've been up to? Absolutely. But the important athletic and academic information can't be overpowered by it. While prom and volunteering both show coaches things about you personally, they don't necessarily help a coach decide whether to recruit you or not most coaches don't even read the entire email they just don't have time to with the amount of emails they're receiving and the amount of athletes who are reaching out so we want to make sure that your email is concise and has all of the important information in it for a coach to recruit you three assuming your emails will get a coach to recruit you emails are a great tool and an important one in the process but they don't necessarily guarantee anything it doesn't matter how perfectly worded your email is if you aren't athletically talented enough to play for that coach or if your major isn't a good fit at that school. Sometimes it even goes a step further, and I'll share a story from my own recruiting process to explain a little bit. So I emailed Hofstra and Bill Edwards came to see me play. And as a lefty pitcher, I was so lucky that most coaches were looking for lefty pitchers. So a lot of coaches came to see me play, you know, just because I reached out, which again, I was super lucky that that happened and that does not happen for a lot of athletes, unfortunately. So Bill Edwards watched from center field me pitch for about half an inning and then walked away. He never answered another email. I sent him after that. I went to a Hofstra camp and was never put on the main field with the top recruits. I did all of the work. He came to see me play and decided I wasn't good enough in half an inning. It didn't matter how perfect my email was or how hard I worked, my athletic ability wasn't at the level that Hofstra was looking for. So even though I was going through the process correctly with them, it was never going to end up with me being an athlete at Hofstra. So I then had to pivot and look for other relationships with coaches that were also giving me that same interest that I was giving them. So number four, Relying on a coach, a parent, or anyone else to do your communicating for you to a college coach. So if a parent is reaching out, you're almost always crossed off the list right away. If they're writing your emails, what else are they doing for you that's going to make your transition to college life more difficult? And while we're on this topic, if they're writing your emails pretending to be you from your email account, most college coaches can tell. A grown adult writes very differently than a teenager. And if a coach is doing all of the reaching out about you versus you sending that personalized email and you aren't putting any effort into creating your own relationship with a college coach. Why should that coach put effort into creating a relationship with you either now or in the future. So I reach out to coaches about athletes in our program all the time and every once in a while I get a response from a coach that's along the lines of it's great that she's shown interest in us to you, but we haven't heard from her. We'd love to get to know her more if she shows interest in us, but there's not really much more we're gonna do with her until she reaches out personally and tries to create a relationship. And the work I do with our athletes behind the scenes doesn't help them if they don't help themselves first. So whether it's somebody like me who has a college planning program, whether it's a travel ball coach, whether it's a lesson instructor, whoever it is, they can only be a support for you in your journey and in your reaching out to college coaches. Because if that coach never hears from you personally, they're not recruiting your college planning mentor, your lesson instructor, your travel ball coach, they're recruiting you. So they wanna get to know you personally along with, okay, what's all this information that all these other people have to share with me too? So number five, and this one's always super controversial, but utilizing social media over email. And everyone is all about social media right now and using it to connect with college coaches. Social media can be a great tool if you're using it correctly. So most of the college coaches I chat with actually hate Twitter. (laughs) And yet so many of the people in the travel softball world are pushing athletes to use it all the time. Twitter and social media are great for sharing videos, highlighting great games, things like that. What it isn't great for is tagging coaches in tweets. It takes five seconds to throw up a tweet and tag 10 coaches in it that they might not even look at anyways because they're getting hundreds of notifications a day, it takes way more time and effort to write that personalized email. And this shows the coach that you're invested in their program versus tagging 10 schools in a tweet and hoping one of them wants to recruit you. The more personal you can make your communication with coaches, the more of an opportunity you have to actually be recruited by them. So let's say you email a coach, they watch your video or watch you play, and they want to get to know you more. They'll usually reach out to set up a phone call, or since it's 2023, it might be a Zoom call now too. And how prepared and confident you are on this call can literally make or break your chances to be recruited by the program. I had a conversation with a college coach friend a few weeks ago, and she was venting a little bit about a Zoom call she'd had that week with an athlete. After the usual introductions and small talk, she asked if the athlete had any questions, and the athlete said no. So they just kind of sat on this zoom call and stared at each other for a little bit, at least that's how she described it to me. And she was so frustrated, because she had taken time away from putting her daughter to bed to zoom with this athlete. And the athlete had done no prep had no questions and seemingly didn't really even want to be on the call. I know that zooms are difficult and nerve wracking to begin with, even if you are not on with a college coach. I don't like zooms either. I think they're super awkward. (laughs) And I'm sure that athlete did want to be on the call but her lack of preparation came off that she didn't wanna be on the call. Most college coaches are going to ask you what questions you have up front to help them guide the conversation in a direction that you want it to go. So they want to know what's important to you when it comes to your college experience. If they spend 10 minutes talking about all the things to do around town when you aren't in class or playing ball, but how to balance your major and softball is much more important of a question for you, them talking about what to do around town really isn't going to help you much in your decision-making and in your process. So here's another more positive example. One of our athletes was on a Zoom call a few months ago with a coach and this coach hasn't seen her play yet, but she matched a positional need for them. So after she emailed them, he reached out to set up a call. After their call, he called me just absolutely gushing about how great it was. And I was like, okay, hmm, what made this call so great? And he shared with me that she was the first player to ever start off a conversation by introducing her parents. He's been on hundreds of calls already this year, and she is the only athlete to introduce her parents to him at the beginning of the conversation. And she's now on his list to get out and watch play this summer just because of how she conducted herself on the call, how she introduced her parents, how prepared she was, you know, how invested she was in the academic side of things at his school, things like that. And does this guarantee that he's going to recruit her absolutely not, but it has helped her make it through to that next step in creating a relationship with him in his school. So we don't just go zero to 100 of Oh, I sent an email i'm interested to Okay, this coach is coming to my practice tomorrow and he's gonna offer me a scholarship. Right every single step you pass through with a college coach gets you that much closer to where you want to be with them. So you wrote a great email. You matched what the coach is looking for. Your call with them went great. And now you're headed to a camp or maybe you're chatting with them in person at the end of a day of games at a tournament. And this is where we tend to start to really panic, right? So at the end of the day, prepared people are more confident people. And you are never going to be fully confident doing something new or something so important to your future. And that's OK. And at the end of the day, coaches are humans too. And sometimes we put them up on this huge pedestal and psych ourselves out and really panic ourselves instead of going, okay, this is what I need to do. This is what I want to talk about. These are the questions I have. Almost think about it like having a conversation like you do with your travel ball coach, asking what you need to work on, what their thoughts are on a certain drill, or how they suggest working on a certain mechanic, things like that. And it's going to be much more similar to conversations you've had before so you're going to be a lot more comfortable. And while I'm thinking about recruit conversations, one of my favorite conversations i've ever had with a crew recruit. Literally started with us talking about how we both have orange cats, because she saw on social media that I was working from home with my cat on my desk and if you know me. You know that Felix is the absolute worst volunteer assistant ever, and he just wants all of the pets all the time and literally is sprawled across my desk half of my work day. And we of course got into softball and academics too, but she stood out because she'd done her research and knew we had something in common to talk about. Out of the dozens of other campers and athletes who were at that camp, she created a personal relationship with me that made me want to get to know her more because I really enjoyed our conversation And it wasn't just okay can she play for me it's is she somebody that I could spend more time with during a season, than I spend with my own family. You know, and I go back to that coach who missed putting her daughter to bed to get on that zoom call with that recruit like that is so common in the college coaching world where. People are giving up time with their families and their children and they're missing out on all these life events to travel for games and recruit and be with their team, which is 100% their choice. But you also have to want to be around the people on your team that much in a week, right? If I, as a coach, I'm going to give up time with my daughter, I want to really enjoy the people that I'm spending that time with. And it's just as important for you to click well, culture-wise, philosophy-wise, all of that kind of stuff with a coach as it is athletically as well doing your research before you talk to a coach whether it's on the phone in person all of that kind of stuff is going to help you relax more and be more confident since you're prepared but it's also going to help you stand out too so things like looking at the teams and coaches social media reading their bios online looking to see if athletes on the team are majoring in what you want to major in looking at the page on your major and seeing if there's something there you can talk about The more research you do, the more prepared you are and the more confident you are. I once got asked why athletes should go to these lengths to connect with college coaches when usually coaches can barely be bothered to respond to an email. Is it difficult when coaches don't respond? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, there are hundreds of thousands of athletes for coaches to choose from. So the odds really aren't in your favor as an athlete. You get to choose whether you do very little and get lost in that giant number of athletes trying to get recruited, or whether you do everything you can to stand out to that coach. There are so many great athletes who get overlooked because they don't understand how the process works and that coaches aren't just going to find you. Communicating with coaches is time consuming, sometimes infuriating, and a lot like communicating to a wall sometimes where there aren't many responses. Communication is key, and consistent communication to realistic schools is going to get you playing in a college jersey.